Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Well, welcome everybody to Friends in Fiction, our weekly happy hour chat to benefit local independent bookstores, featuring best-selling authors Mary Kay Andrews, Patty Callahan Henry, Christy Woodson Harvey, Mary Alice Monroe, and me, Kristen Harmel. We are so glad you're here. So since April, we have been meeting on Facebook Live every Wednesday night to talk about books and writing, to chat with you and each other, and to answer your questions, all in the name of reminding you to support local booksellers. Today, we'll be telling you a bit about our books, and we'll also be telling you what to expect from our summer schedule, which is kind of a book tour in your living room. And of course, each week, we tell you all about one of our favorite independent booksellers. And tonight, it's my turn to tell you about Book People, the largest independent bookseller in Texas. I'll tell you a little bit more about them later, but for now, just know that if you buy any of our new or upcoming releases by Saturday, May 30th from Book People, you will get 10% off with the coupon code Friends in Fiction, no spaces, and you will be entered to win a $25 gift card to Book People. I will post all of that in our Friends and Fiction group. And speaking of our Friends in Fiction group, if you are catching us elsewhere, for example, on Mary Kay's page or Patty's page or wherever else we are appearing, if you want to ask us questions live, the place to go is the Friends and Fiction group. You can search for it on Facebook. That's where we'll answer all your questions. We interact with you all week, and it's just a whole lot of fun. That's where all the cool kids are, I have to say. <laughs> Speaking of the cool kids, I mean, and look how good I am with these segues tonight. Uh, we have two super cool kids among us tonight. Mary Alice Monroe, who's on Ocean Boulevard, just debuted on the New York Times bestseller Thank list. <laughs> and Mary Kay Andrews, whose book, Hello Summer, is back on the New York Times bestseller list. So we are thrilled. It's amazing. And we are so happy for them. And we'll be talking more about that. That's for you, Kathy. And for you, Mary. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Ooh, my wine. I've got to get my wine glass. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Hold on. I'm going to help everybody. Are you all toasting us too? Because we don't want to drink alone. It makes us look like alcoholics. Exactly. <laughs> Here's to all of us. If everyone out there raise a glass to our two New York Times bestselling authors. This is amazing. Yeah. And to all of you who went and bought books, all of our books, any books, if yeah. you're buying books, especially from Indies, we're toasting you. Yes. Wait, yes. Thank you. 
we have such gratitude to all of you, and, and especially um, those of you who have been joining us here week after week. We know you're all supporting us. I've received, I and mean, we've all received just the loveliest notes from you. A lot of you have invited your friends to join the Friends in Fiction group, and it's great. We just love sharing our love of reading, our love of writing, and we love that you're sharing it back with us. So thank you for that. So with that in mind, before we get rolling, I wanted to tell you all something really exciting. So we had initially said that starting next week, June 3rd, we would be going twice a month instead of weekly throughout the summer. A lot of you wrote to us and expressed disappointment about that. And guess what? <laughs> we listened and realized we were kind of disappointed too. <laughs> it seemed like the right decision back in April when we started out, but we were just having too much fun. Um, and so I am happy to announce that we have changed our minds and we will be with you every Wednesday night through at least the first week of September. And even after that, we have no plans to go anywhere. I can't guarantee we're gonna be weekly, but you know, you guys are stuck with us. You're gonna be having friends and fiction in your life for a long time. <laughs> um, and we have lots of fun in store for you this summer. I know we've teased a little bit of it. We talked a little bit about it last week, but we'll be telling you all about that in our amazing lineup of guests that we have confirmed so far uh, later in tonight's show. But for now, again, join the Friends in Fiction Facebook group if you haven't and invite your book loving friends to do the same. The more the merrier. And we promise we will continue to interact with all of you on there. So without further ado, let's get started by catching up with these ladies and seeing what everyone else has been up to other than dominating the New York Times bestseller <laughs> list. <laughs> well, I will say it's a heck of a list. I mean, it is yeah. the books that are out this summer is, are amazing. So I am so thrilled. And again, like Mary Kay said, we're so delighted that you got us there. And it is all of you. So thank you, really, truly. And I spent the day um, either Tropical Storm Bertha, are y'all getting affected by that water? Yeah. Charleston's getting clobbered and it's coming up into the mountains. So there's a lot of water today. So I think we're all just, I, I put a lot of food in because we're going to be, it's dumping rain. You know, last week um, there were people riding boats and, you know, canoes down King Street in Charleston. And so it's, it's wet out there. What about you where you are? It's rain here all day, which is par for the course when you're trying to do an outdoor project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but your lovely little, your new addition's done, isn't it? I saw pictures. It's yeah, gorgeous. Now, now we're trying to build a patio, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You can't build the patio when we're having a drought, Kathy. You have to build it when we get the monsoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not talking Tybee. You're still in, you're at Squirrel Hollow. Yeah, we're still in, in at Squirrel Hollow in Atlanta. Okay. I returned back to Birmingham. Um, last I see week. your bookshelf. Yeah, back in my office, oh. back trying to, I don't know about y'all, but sometime in the last week or so, I feel like I'm emerging back into having, you know, ideas and sitting back at the desk and getting mm. organized and like pulling out my bullet journal and making lists. And all of a sudden it feels like, okay. We yeah. can do this and get back on the horse. So I'm back in Birmingham and back at my desk. And yeah, I'm thrilled. And and I woke up this morning. I was like, it's Wednesday. I get to see everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. That's like, why when I knew I'd be celebrating or crying together with you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you knew you were bringing wine. But I knew I would be with you. And I <laughs> thank you girls for having my back. Yeah. <laughs> You should explain to everybody that the way the book business works is oh, thank you. Yes. new release books are published on Tuesday. 
And then the way you get on the big list, which is the New York Times list, it isn't the number of books, it's velocity. So it's the number of books in the space of a week at stores that report sales to the New York Times. So if you're buying the book at Kroger, the Times doesn't care. If you're buying it at any bookstore, they care. Target, Walmart, Costco, uh, Sam's Club, of course, indie bookstores and Amazon. So all of that, all those sales figures get reported to the Times. And around 5 o'clock on Wednesdays, if you have some hope or expectation that you'll make the list, you would do one of two things. You hang out by the phone <laughs> or you act like you don't care. Which is a lie, but you so when Feels Like Falling came out, um, at my agent, I was like working out, it was Tuesday, and she texted me and was like, I am refreshing my screen every like two minutes to look at the USA Today list because we were hoping I was going to make it, which I did. So yeah, it was my first time. And, um, and I was like, oh my God, like, wait, what? Oh, it's Tuesday. Like what? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm wrong. They must get it a day early. So for like an hour, I'm like freaking out. And then she calls me and she's like, she calls me and I'm like, okay, like either I made it and she was like, Christy, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And I was like, I have been sitting here for an hour, like in a knot. So thank you. You know what? That just defines COVID. Time. Yes. Yes. What, so. is time? what day is it? Holy yeah. Day is it? It's the wrong day. Yeah. yeah. Time but let me say this to readers good. who like uh, Kathy. That uh, I never know. Kathy Trocheck, Mary Kay Andrews. I don't know. What, uh, I know. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you for explaining that. But I think one of the things a lot of readers don't understand is that if you love an author and you say, oh, I'm going to get her book when it, those first two weeks, especially the first week, Yep. And maybe the second, if you didn't, if you can't get it that first week, that matters or pre-orders to helping anybody make the list. So it may not matter across the board, but if you, if you're thinking of getting the book anyway, for any, any author you love, that first week or two that it comes out is very helpful. Yeah, <laughs> it's very helpful. It's like an election. Yeah, pre-orders are the name of the game, and and you can pre-order at indie bookstores, and especially during the COVID-19, a lot of people assumed that booksellers were not open, and a lot right. of them weren't. They didn't have the physical stores open, but they've been doing tremendous amounts of uh, mail orders, deliveries, everything they can do, and so they are there no matter where you are. Uh, those indie bookstore people are there, and they are really you can make a difference in, in keeping them in your community by buying books, ordering books. Doesn't have to be our books. I went to a, a, my closest bookstore is Eagle Eye Books in Decatur. I went to sign stock um, last week with my mask and they were wearing their mask. They're not letting people in the store yet. But I bought $100 of books worth of books in the store that, that day because I want to support them. And they're all books that I, I would have eventually bought anyway. And I'll give them away as gifts or read them. So Right. And the other thing is, I this year in particular, bookstores have been getting, independent bookstores have been getting the books earlier and getting them out earlier than Amazon because Amazon, Amazon has been pushing really hard for essential services during COVID. And um, I have to, my hands off to all the indies who have really made the effort to get those books in and out to you as soon as possible. 
which I think is a great jumping off point for talking about our bookseller of the week. Um, you know, and, and those are such good points. I'm so glad that you all mentioned how important it is to support independent booksellers because it really is. I mean, it's those booksellers who help us to discover new books, new authors we love, and, and you know, kind of give us all a place to unite at, as book lovers. They give us a sense of community, whether we're physically there with them or whether we can just interact with them online. So as many of you know, we've been featuring some of our favorite bookstores each week, and we will continue to do so through throughout this summer. This week, we chose Book People in Austin, the largest independent bookseller in Texas. And I wanted to tell you why. So I think bookstores are all about connection. And when the world suddenly went virtual, a lot of us lost that sense of community. It's one of the reasons we've been doing this friends and fiction thing. It's our way to connect with each other and with you in a world that kind of feels like it's been turned upside down. So Book People has essentially been doing the same thing. They're well known for having a consistent, robust event series of interesting, diverse authors. And they have been one of the bookstores nationwide to pivot very successfully to virtual events right off the bat. So I think there's a lot to be said for the way they managed to do that so quickly and so well. There are a lot of other booksellers around the country. Foxtail, I think, is doing a wonderful, a lot of wonderful things with events. Libraries are doing great things, too. Cuyahoga County Library in Ohio. Ron Block there is doing wonderful things I think, with live events. So, I mean, there are a lot of bookstores doing this. But I, I really wanted to mention book people because I think they're just providing a ton of uh, content for book lovers across the country. Awesome. is such a cool town. It is. It really is. It's just such a creative, I don't know, just a creative melting pot. It's wonderful. I also wanted to mention that when I went online earlier this week to buy Patty's new release, Losing the Moon, which we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes, her surprise new release, (laughs) her old new release. We'll talk about it in a minute. So I I went to book people and bought it this week through our page, which is listed at the Friends and Fiction group. Um, And I actually get a personal note from Rachel at book people, who's part of their internet sales team. Um, It warmed my heart. It was not just a transaction transaction being processed by someone remote who, you know, you never have any contact with. It was a personal interaction that reminded me of what it would have felt like to shop there face to face. So I know a lot of stores are doing that and it matters. I really think it does. So um, that I think is part of the difference you can expect when you shop a local independent store. Um, So this week... Remind them 10% off from Book People. 10% off, exactly. So if you want to order one of our books at Book People, uh, the link is on the Friends and Fiction group page, and you can use the coupon code FRIENDSANDFICTION, no spaces, today through this Saturday, May 30th. The code and link are up on the Friends and Fiction page. Um, Additionally, anyone who buys one of our books there by Saturday using that coupon code will also be entered to win an additional $25 gift card from Book People. So now it's time for one of the parts of the happy hour I like the most, the question and answer session. My favorite part too. It's so fun. I just, it's so nice to hear from readers, which reminds me, ladies, did we ever figure out how we're going to address live questions tonight? I'll do them. That's on the Facebook Friends and Fiction page is I think how we're all going to do Mom, if you're watching, do not text me and say, quit looking down at your phone because I'm getting questions. Doing it for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. So we've pulled four questions um, just to start with from people who have emailed us ahead of time. And then if you have questions for us, type them in now on the Friends and Fiction group page underneath the video that you're watching. Right, Christy? That's the best way to pull them underneath the video. Yes, underneath the video on the Friends and Fiction page, because that's the only place I can see. 
Right. So we can't see, we're not going to see your questions if you're asking them on Mary, on Mary Kay's page, on Patty's page, anybody else's. You've got to ask them to us on the Friends and Fiction page and we will, you know, do our best to get to some of them. So um, on to the questions some of you have asked. So first, Carol Tillis Hale asked us, was being an author always a career goal or something that came later in life? Mary Kay, uh, New York Times bestseller, would you like to start us off? <laughs> Well, I, when I was a young kid, um, before anybody told me girls can't do stuff, um, <laughs> before I got that message, I thought I'm going to grow up and write stories and write books. And then, um, in, I think in high school, I got the message that girls can't do stuff. And so I thought I'll be a newspaper reporter. And I'd always been, been interested in journalism. And so that really was a passion and a, and a goal of mine. So I was always going to be a writer. And I think it was only until, um, not until... Late in my journalism career, um, when I got beat down by editors and politics and all that stuff that I decided, you know, I really, I, I wonder if I could do this. Um, I'm, I don't believe girls can't do stuff anymore. I'm not listening to anybody tell me I can't do anything anymore. And then I started writing fiction in secret while I was still working. The first book didn't sell. The second book sold based on five chapters. Wow. You were awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right. So Nancy Mainers asks, do you write better at home or do you write better in a getaway location? Would our other fabulous New York Times bestselling author of the week <laughs> like to answer that? <laughs> I can only. Christy, we're such losers. I know. <laughs> no. oh. Just because our books aren't new, you guys, our time is coming. Yeah, your time is coming. <laughs> At home. I could never, I'm always amazed when I read about J.K. Rowling and my friend, our friend, Diane Chamberlain, too. I go to, they go to Starbucks and say, oh, I just like to go there and write. And I'm like, oh my God, the yeah. distractions. There is no way that I could ever write with those distractions. I have to be like Captain Kirk in my, you know, I'm surrounded. I always have a desk that's a, a, like a half shoe. Uh, with shoe horse. What, is, what do you call it? The sh horse shoe. Horse shoe. Thank yeah. you. Horse <laughs> You're welcome. You don't have to know words. You're on the New York Times bestseller list. Times <laughs> I won't try. Uh, when I'm in the zone, they just come. <laughs> so at any rate, speaking of the zone, when you're alone, I, I don't know, you probably feel the same. I feel very, I let go. Yeah. And it's a scary thing to let go. And when you do, I, I need to feel safe. So I'm always in my office, surrounded by my books with the door closed. And you, this is my desk here in North Carolina, and I'm facing away from the windows. Because otherwise, you know, what's that bird doing out there? Oh, look at that squirrel in the tree, so cute. Oh, what? The, come back in here, dog. I mean, anything happens, and my attention is gone. Yeah. But if I'm focused and I don't have any distractions, then you lose yourself and that's how you get to the zone. So I could never write anywhere but at home. But I will add this little extra bit. When I'm taking notes or ideas, like a car ride at a stoplight, they always say authors never have deposit slips in their bank <laughs> because we're writing our notes on them. And um, the other thing, there's something about, do you think this is true? There's something about being in an airplane Mm. way up high where ideas come does that happen to anyone else you're, you're like away from the rest yeah. of the world or something yeah. like you're I totally agree with that but I get motion sickness so I sometimes I'll like pull my computer out and like I can't look at it you know like I'm typing but I can't look at the screen <laughs> Christy even in an airplane 
Mm. Oh my gosh, so bad in an airplane. I, oh, that's hard. That's yeah, I've like tried everything. I mean, I can wear like a patch, but you know, it's not worth being like super woozy if you're on like a two hour flight. Cause I'm fine as long as I'm not reading. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I know. It's, it's, you know what I can do on the plane, even though typing might make me car sick, seasick, motion sick, yeah. right by hands. I can do that with yeah. plane. typing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, when I, I don't when use I write computer, by hands, I, I can't read it later. So it's like, I just am scrawling like illegible things to myself that I later have to figure out like, what did I mean? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Which, Kathy, can you believe that? Considering I used to be a reporter, that I can never read my own handwriting. <laughs> All right. So next question. Sharon Collins asks, I have ideas for a short story or book, but I can't seem to get started. Do you recommend writers groups for accountability? How about another New York Times bestseller to answer this? Patty Callahan Henry. You know, the writer group question is a hard one for me because I joined um, large groups, but I never had what's commonly referred to as a critique group. I never joined one. So I entered contests and um, I started to show it to people I trusted. But I do know that those critique groups can either be devastating or completely helpful. And so I'm leery of them except for support. And I think that a lot of really good ones right now can be found online through professional organizations. And Kathy and I were both members of the same Atlanta um, RWA way back in the day before I was published. And that was incredibly helpful for historical fiction. There's the historical novel um, group for you know, for mystery, there's, um, what's it called, Kathy? Um, well, there's uh, MWA, Mystery, Mystery Writers of America, and there's also SYNC, which is Sisters in Crime. Sisters in Crime, that's the one I was thinking about. So I, I believe that those professional groups for me, if you line up 100 of this and ask the same question, you're going to get a different answer. But for me, the professional groups were way better than trying to meet with six unpublished writers and, while they tore my work apart and sent me to the bed. So um, I know there's a lot of people, I have a lot of pals who have critique groups and they're all professional writers and that's really helpful, but I, I really get nervous about, you know, six new writers getting together to rip each other's work apart. But there are some really amazing professional organizations out there that support writers, that give you information, that have yearly conferences, except for 2020, just scratch 2020. <laughs> I mean, the Historical Novel Society was supposed to be in Australia this year. Not that I was going, but yeah, so that's my short answer. Networking. 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 Yeah. You know, and I'll also say, Sharon specifically, you know, she mentioned accountability. And when I was writing my first novel, um, I didn't belong to any writers groups or anything like this. And this was a million years ago. This was back in like 2003. And I didn't know what to do. So I asked a few friends of mine who were readers who I knew were not aspiring writers at all. So there would be no sense of them trying to like imprint their writing style on my books. And I just said, hey, I'm 
I feel silly saying this to you. I'm trying to write a first novel. Um, could I send you a chapter every couple of weeks just so I have someone to sort of be accountable to? Um, and that kind of kept me going through my first draft. It, it really did because I felt like, okay, I have an audience of three people. You know, they're going to they're gonna cheer for me, which is what I needed to slog through my first draft. I don't know. That was just me. But And the other thing I did was I took some classes. I went to yeah. Emory. So yeah. my master's degree is in pediatric nursing. It's not in writing. And I figured if I spent all those years, you know, to do that, I, I had to log some hours on this end too. So I did, I signed up for classes at Emory and I took writing classes and had accountability. And then I tracked down people like Mary Kay and Bruce and said, will you go out to lunch with me? And she said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I started, I started writing fiction in secret at, when I was still a newspaper reporter. And there were a group of four or five of us that were all working in the newsroom. And so we had like a little writer's group. We didn't critique each other's work, but it was about accountability. So we would That's meet awesome. for lunch and it would be would exchange chapters. And um, so I knew the night before we were going to meet that I had to hammer out something so yeah I mean even if it's just a friend who doesn't even write you can say hey um can you just check in with me on Thursday and say hey what did you write this week there's yeah there's lots of ways the other point the other point that I want to add to all the excellent points that have been made is that one of the it ties in with the networking that Mary Kay talked about that when you're writing it's a very lonely process and often you face a lot of rejection and it's nice to have a group that is with you, that knows what you're going through, that supports you. And again, with networking that has oftentimes agents will come to their yearly conference. And that's a whole nother discussion we can have one day. But just seeing an agent, listening to agents makes you writing a novel is A, publishing is B. And that nice professional group helps you with both. Good point. All right, perfect. Those, those were such great answers, everyone. Um, and finally, for Christy, I have sort of a two-part question. I combined two reader questions. Um, one is from Diane Schroeder, who says, is it more rewarding to write a series of books to continue plots, or is it more rewarding to start fresh novels? And Betsy Bulware also asks, how do you decide if you wish to carry characters over from one book to another? Is it story-driven, or do fans influence you? So, Christy, you mm -hmm. have experience writing both a series and standalones. What do you think? That's a really good question. And I, I don't know about one being necessarily more rewarding than the other. Um, I think they're just very, very different experiences. I mean, I feel like writing a series is, um, it's sort of like going back to a favorite vacation spot and like you already know what your favorite restaurants are. And like, you know, maybe the waiter remembers you from last year and like you loved that dress that you bought at that store. You know, it's just, it's familiar. There's something that is sort of like coming home about it. And so I, I loved writing a series because I loved knowing, like I already knew the characters, I already knew the setting and all I had to do was put them in new situations. And I was like, wow, this is really great. Um, but then I think you do get to a point where you have all these stories that are in your mind and you have all these things that you want to keep working on and you want to keep, you know, you have new ideas that you want to explore. And so I think at that point, you know, leaving that series and being able to go to a brand new story is so exciting. Um, and Patty sort of touched on that earlier, but I feel like I'm in that same place like I'm finally at a place where I just turned in my edits yesterday for Under the Southern Sky and I have something new that I'm so excited to work on. And so I feel like I'm just like so excited. It's just like when everything's fresh and new, it's like falling in love. You know, you're like, you just can't wait to get back to that manuscript. You're so excited about it. Um, so I think they both have their perks. 
And as for readers influencing you, um, yes, they totally do. Because I had said the whole time I was going to write three Peachtree Bluff books. And I still might not write a fourth, but I get so many like notes and messages from people every day saying, please write another Peachtree Bluff book. And I kept saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And then a few months ago, I just had this idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, this has to be a Peachtree Bluff book. It can't be anything else. It has to be a Peachtree Bluff book. So I don't know if I'll end up writing it or not. I mean, it's not totally up to me. It's, you know, my publisher and I'm going to be under new contract soon and all of that, all of that. So there's so much that goes into it besides just Hey, I want to write another Peachtree Bluff book, but we'll see. yeah, yeah. But they're both—I mean, they're both really exciting. They both have uh, pros and cons for sure. Mary Alice, did you see some benefit in kind of taking a little break from the um, the Beach House series between? Yes. Oh, okay, and, and can you talk about that a little bit? I think the um, like Christy was saying, you you know it so well, but the challenge for me is always. I love to dive into a new arena and to do the new research and the new characters. It keeps you fresh. And there's always that other idea you've been waiting to get to. And so um, when I write more of any series, in particular the Beach House series, it's because there's some, like Christy said, there's something I want to say that this series will say the best. But you have to, I think it's smart to get away once. I know that some authors just keep keep it going and that's their power that's their strength they they know what they want i just feel that uh, every once in a while i usually wait two to three years between and i've been doing them quite a bit back to back beach house reunion this one and i'm writing another so that'll be three in a row and that'll that'll probably give me pause afterwards Because I want to do something else. I I love the characters, but there's so many books I want to write in so little time. I feel the same way. That's how I am, too. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Christy, do you have some questions for us? I do. Okay, I love this one, and like so does everyone else. This question's gotten like a million likes, so this is what we're starting with. Shelby Jackson wants to know, how did the five of you become friends? Which I think is such a good, which we'll all have a different answer to. How could we not? um, (laughs) Right. Like, it was just, it was meant to be. But I love that question. I thought it was really good. So who wants to start? You start. You start. (laughs) Okay. So I first met Patty and Mary Alice. And um, I met them both at the Pulpwood Queens weekend in Texas. And I was actually doing um, a panel with Patty, who had been one of my favorite authors for like a really, really long time. And when I found out that I was doing a panel with her, I like was like sick to my stomach. I was like, oh, I can't talk in front of Patty Callahan. She'll think I'm like... No, like I can't do it. And I mean, I had done a million speaking events at that point. Like it was not like some brand new thing. But anyway, she was so nice and we hit it off. And then um, I met Mary Alice at the same thing when we were dressed up. I told this story. Oh, yes. Here. <laughs> we dressed up as Tinkerbell and Wendy from Peter Pan. So oh, yes. Thought, like, oh, yes. That's meant to be. I mean, you, you know, I mean, you know you're going to be friends when you're both dressed up as characters from Peter Pan. Kristen... I actually met in Orlando when I was doing an event there and we had brunch together and it was really fun. And then we sort of kept in touch and then we got to hang out for a long time in California. So that's really fun. And then I met Mary Kay at the Decatur Book Festival and she was there promoting her cookbook. So it was a few years ago and I was like super nervous to meet her too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're so scary. So scary. Y'all are so scary. Oh, no. so scary. And I, 
And I was like waiting around in the green room because I didn't want to like, you know. And so I went over and I was like, hi, I'm a really big fan. I'm Christy Harvey and I write books. And she was like, I know you are. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's lovely. That was a nice answer. I was, was like, she's just saying that to be nice. Although it was like my fourth book or something. I don't know. It wasn't like it was my like first day as an author or something. But anyway, that was really exciting. And we had a really nice chat about um, editors. And I don't even know how we got on that, but I was having this like question about my editor and she like told me this great story about her. Yeah. So that's how I met all of these lovely ladies. And then why don't you tell us, Mary Kay, how this got started? It got started because all of us had, uh, I think we all had spring summer releases and so, you know, the only thing authors love to do better than writing is bitching about writing. Releases. <laughs> we, yeah. I think we were emailing back and forth or texting. We were terrified. Yeah. How? Are what we, was happening? Yeah, we said, "How are we going to do this?" And I said, "Well, you know, I I signed up for a professional Zoom account." Why don't we do a Friday happy hour wine and W H I N E wine and wine. And so that's what we did, and and we sort of talked about the challenges, bookstores not knowing whether the bookstores would be open, not knowing if our books would actually get out of warehouses. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Patty and Christy, in particular, uh, face face that challenge. So we, I think one thing women do really well is we band together. It's sort of like uh, PTA bake sales on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good for us to hear what, how, you know, how you're doing and not feel alone. I think, I think we know how to work together. I think we know, I think all of us realize that a, a rising tide like, floats all boats. Yeah. And so we got together and, and talked about what we could do, what the options were, what our publishers were saying. And then I, probably Kristen or Christy um, said, hey, why don't we do a, why don't we try doing a Zoom with our fans? And so that's how it all started. And the motivating force for all of us was we knew we are, you know, our books weren't getting out there, but we really knew the booksellers yeah. were in the biggest trouble because they were closing their doors. And all of us wanted to somehow in our own way support an independent bookseller. And we felt that's where this really came from. Let's connect with booksellers for our books and, and, and celebrate them and encourage people to not go elsewhere, just to go to their local independent favorite bookseller. And by introducing booksellers every week, we give them a chance to be known to you. And it, it gives them, I think, a financial boost, but it also, I think, gives them a, a heart to keep going in this tough time. And, and I think we owe a thank you to all of you out there for the support you've shown yeah. to, the, to your own stores, but also to the stores we've mentioned to you. I mean, I think, um, it, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think each of us has received really positive feedback from the stores we've worked with each week. So how we've kind of done this is each of us so far has chosen a different store and been sort of the contact person for that store. And I think after each of these, we've gotten really nice notes from most of the booksellers saying that they were really happy with how it went, that, you know, that it was helpful or they get to connect with a lot of you. And so thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting the stores that mean something to us and just for keeping these stores alive. And, and as Mary Alice said, um, keeping them encouraged that there are still people out there to buy their books and, and that this is that there's a way forward. I mean, I, I think this is really important. And while I'm saying thank yous, I also have to say I was kind of the 
the newer one in this group. I knew Christy, I knew Mary Alice, but I, I didn't know Mary Kay and Patty yet um, when we had that first chat. And you all, I mean, you, even though you didn't really know me that well, welcomed me with open arms. And Mary Alice, you were the one who kind of invited me into that fold. So thank you, all of you. I'm just so happy to be a part of the group. <laughs> well, we are so grateful you're here. She's, she organizes us. It's like herding cats out there, I'll tell you. I'm a little bit mean. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all with a smile, so you don't know you're being bullied by me, right? I'm just kidding. No, you're always you're always cheerful when you stick the pin in. <laughs> you're always cheerful when you tell us that we're doing it wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, no, 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 you guys are so cute, but no. no I'm just joking. I don't say that. <laughs> totally kidding. You're so precious, and you're so fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Southern, oh, bless your heart, right? Bless your heart. <laughs> but we're not doing it that way. So what I think is fascinating about that question is that we didn't all meet at the same time. No. So, um, you know, I met Kathy, Mary Kay Andrews, uh, wow, 18 years ago? Maybe. Or so. And then, oh yeah. and then um, our husbands worked together. And then I met her at a Christmas work Christmas party before I had even finished my first book, like 18, 19 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I met Mary Alice after I had published and met Christy at Pulpwood. Showed up on my front door. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's how we met. <laughs> With a suitcase. With a suitcase. Hi, I'm spending the night. I'm Kathy Callahan. <laughs> I was a invited to I think we talked all night long. I knew. I knew then, Patty. I knew. That's funny. Mary Ellis, that's how I met Christina McMorris. The, the oh, no kidding. With her. Yep. Just she that night? You mean just last year? Yeah. Just, yeah. No, I, what, what month was it? January? January. January. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. She's great. I'm so excited when she comes to join us. Yes. 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 all feel like Pulpwood Queens spending the night together is like a vivid dream of another life. <laughs> Something we, that happens. We sat on a floor and like passed around bottles of champagne and sang show tunes for like hours. <laughs> that was another life. I don't. What? I don't like, uh, what? Like, I think I actually like wrote about like not like publicly, but like for myself because it was like all so weird. But it was like the most fun ever. Yeah. We so were in. Were we in our pajamas or was it just me? Because that was my, my costume. No, your costume. <laughs> my pajamas. Yes, I wore it. I was Wendy. What can I say? I was still in my Glinda the Good Witch costume. On okay, what was the what was the theme when we were together and I stole your glasses? Yeah, that was that year. That year was the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Oh, that's a good year. And I didn't, I dressed up as a rainbow. Oh. I want to see that picture. I want to see that picture. I remember that um, Pat Conroy was there and they, this event we're talking about, everybody, is the Pulpwood Queens weekend, book club weekend uh, in Texas. And every year it's a, it's a crazy theme. So this year, Pat Conroy and his daughter were there and they have a night where the authors serve dinner to all the people who are attending. And so I've got somewhere, I've got a great picture of all of us and Pat dressed up in an apron and Pat Conroy being Pat Conroy, you know, slopping food on people's plates. <laughs> and then, Patty, I mean, I, uh, then I accidentally stole oh my glasses and she couldn't see. <laughs> I couldn't see. And we were announcing from the front of the room, does anybody have, and I'm like, does anybody, 
No, like hours later, Kathy. Think like Mr. Magoo. Do you? Does anyone? Anybody? Well, speaking of glasses, I have to tell you, our beloved, we mentioned her earlier, Ann Riversons. Um, when she passed, it was very sad. But I don't know if I ever told you this, girls, but they had an auction of her belongings. I have the red glasses. Oh, you bought the red glasses. That's oh. right. I, I got them. I, got, I should put them up on that shelf right behind me for my good home. What are your One more question. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You, you know what, Christy? I would I was gonna say, would you mind if we just I I, I would spend all night doing the questions if we could. But I was just thinking we have so many things to get to tonight because we want to mention the summer. Is that okay, or was it? Or is it and I was just gonna say one thing. Uh, a couple of people have told me that feels like falling is out of stock at book people. Meredith said she ordered it somewhere else at another independent bookstore. Thank you, Meredith. But I'll just say um, one of our bookstores from earlier in the summer is still offering ten percent off on feels like falling. So I'll just drop that link in the friends and fiction page. Well, I also want to say I was looking at the book people site earlier. A lot of them are listed as I don't think they're out of stock. I, I think maybe they are. Maybe it changed from the last time I looked at it. But a lot of them say not on hand, which just means they don't physically have it in the store. But it it might ship from their warehouse in like a day or two. So it, as long as it says it will ship in a few days, it'll ship in a few days. I, I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think it was out of stock there. Got yeah, it. People can still, by the way, people can still. You guys can still post your questions on the Friends and Fiction. Oh, yeah, we'll go yeah. visit. We'll, yeah. and, we'll yeah. try to answer things. And, and now that we're going to be going weekly, there's going to be plenty of time to answer questions. I mean, some of these questions have come from um, comment chains from the past, too. So we kind of go into those and look and pull them in, in, for future episodes. So we will try to get to all of them. And you have such good questions. I know. Everyone's asking such great things. And you would think we'd be repeating ourselves by now, but we're not. I mean, for the most part, I feel like it's all really new good stuff. So... Moving on a little bit, and again, I hate to leave the question and answer behind, but we've got so much cool stuff to tell you. So first of all, I wanted to tell you all, when we started Friends in Fiction, four of the five of us still had upcoming releases to go. And most of you know that three of those have already come out. Christie's Feels Like Falling, Mary Kay's Hello Summer, and Mary Alice's On Ocean Boulevard. And I still have my new book coming out on July 21st, The Book of Lost Names. But we all thought that Patty's newest release was behind her, the paperback of Becoming Mrs. Lewis, which had just come out March 24th. Well, guess what? Patty apparently didn't want to be outdone. <laughs> um, so Berkeley, her publisher, has repackaged and released one of Patty's older books, Losing Love the it. Moon. And Book People has it this week for just $9.99. Plus, you get that 10% off if you order from them and use the code Friends in Fiction. It just came out yesterday, actually, yeah, so, which is amazing. So, Patty, do you want to just tell us for a minute or two about uh, Losing the Moon? I will take the little bit of littlest bit of time. So no, we want to hear about the moon it. came out sixteen years ago. Sixteen years ago. If you go to my Facebook it was page, my fast. I know, man. If you go to my Facebook page or my Instagram, I posted a picture of my first book signing for Losing the Moon, and I'm with my daughter in the picture, and she is now married and has a baby, and I'm a grandma, and yet I look at that picture, and it was yesterday. You know, that Losing the Moon came out. And I remember being over the moon about Losing the Moon because I was the first, um, they called them emerging authors at the Margaret Mitchell House. I mm. felt like every dream I'd ever had had come true. Yeah. My family and friends were there and I was the first emerging, they'd only had well-established authors. 
And at the time it was run by this fabulous woman and she fell in love with the book and she started an emerging author program. But Losing the Moon um, is actually, and Kathy, we have this in common is it's actually the second book I wrote, but it's the first book that was published. So for a lot of you aspiring authors out there, there's this, you know, we can get really bummed out and and dejected and and lose faith when the first book doesn't get published. But my first book I wrote didn't come out till four years later. So Losing the Moon was the second book I wrote. I love the book. Let me just say right there, I love it. And it is actually of my contemporary novels. It's the book I get the most letters about. It was inspired by a situation that happened when I was at a tailgate. I went to Auburn University, and as you know, it's Ooh. a huge football school. And I'm ignoring Kathy because she's probably barking at me. I'm sorry. What did you say? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and, um, and, and tailgates are a huge thing, you know, for these SEC colleges. And I was hanging out with my dearest friend who um, is, is a guy and his wife, who's also my dearest friend, I was in their wedding and my husband and they had a little boy and I had a little girl at the time. And somebody jokingly said, wouldn't it be funny if your daughter and son got married one day? I was like, no, it would not. That's not a good idea. I don't like that idea. And yet I took it and I ran with it. So losing the moon is about two college ex-loves who one's daughter starts dating the other's son and they haven't seen each other in 15 years. Mm. I can't wait. I got my email from book people today telling me the book's on its way. So I'm I'm so excited to dive in after I finish reading on Ocean Boulevard, which is what I'm working on right now. I don't know about y'all, but when a re-release happens, I was like, wait, you should have told me. Maybe I want to rewrite it. Maybe I want to fix it. I'm a different writer. I'm sure there's mistakes in there, but yeah. That's the beauty of early releases is that I love when I, if I love you, but I, if you fall in love with Patty Callahan Henry today, it's yeah. fun to go back and read her works going all the way through. So I, I like them the way they were. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That brings me to a question. I know we have to move on, but um, so the, the mass market of the secret of Southern charm just came out. It, yeah. it did. Yeah. And I got to like rewrite it kind Wait, of. Wait, why didn't you tell us that? I we would have thought we didn't. I didn't think about it till right now, but <laughs> But like, so do y'all, I mean, do y'all do that? Like, do they give you the book back and say, no, they just basically say, are there any mistakes that you know are in there? I mean, I guess that's that's what they said, but like, they were like, oh, well, like take it in if there's anything you want to change. Nobody actually, the book club, believe it or not, it's new release. We'll celebrate it in July. It's coming out again, repackaged for July. And that book is 20 years old. And they did say, look at it and see if there's any, and they didn't have cell phones. Yeah. So you have to change things a little bit, but you don't rewrite the book. You just. Well, right. I mean, right. like you, you yeah. tweak and but yeah. The, funny thing, the only thing I changed in the silent South of simple actually changed a few things, but the only thing in the secret of Southern charm that I changed was um, there were like three lines that I don't know if y'all know this, but if this happens to y'all, but sometimes like when they're line editing, like they'll change things. And I would be like, well, I mean, I guess I should give them that. And yeah. then it would still like, I would read it and I would be like that line. is just like not enough syllables or whatever. It just didn't hit my ear. Right. And I changed all those lines back to how I had originally, like I still remembered them. And I mean, I wrote that book in like 2017 or something. So. Oh, that's crazy. Well, I guess that is a good jumping off point to talk about. And we'll have to add that book, Christy, next week to our bookseller. I, I didn't realize you had a new release yeah, out. I, to you. 
everyone everyone keeps see it's very nice of us i feel to just keep our friends and fiction friends out there just stocked with all of our new books right we'll just keep releasing them <laughs> and you all know that um the book of lost names is out in july too um which is my my new release and people magazine actually just named it um one of their 20 best books of summer today so i'm excited about that so yay <laughs> um, what kathy was saying what mary Kay was saying about how important pre-orders are Y'all go order it now and then it'll be sitting there for you on pub day. And, you can have it. Yeah. and we'll tell you all about it. And actually I have, a, so I'll be talking about it in this summer, but we're going to have a super special surprise for you in the episode where we talk about the book of lost names. I'm just going to leave it. When at are we going to tell anyone? When well, we're going to tell, everyone? We're gonna tell people nice. now, some of our guests, I think. Um, so let me talk about our summer schedule a little bit. All right. So this summer, we are going to be launching a podcast companion to this Facebook Live, but we're going to be doing that. We're going to be launching a website, and perhaps most excitingly, we have a full schedule of amazing guests. Amazing. We have Kristen Hanna coming next week, which I am so excited about. We love her. We love, we love you, Kristen. <laughs> so of course, she wrote The Nightingale and The Great Alone. I know you all have read her. She is incredible. So that's next week, June 3rd. After that, we're going to have... We're working on someone for June 10th, but then we have Lisa Wingate confirmed for this summer. We have Delia Owens confirmed for this summer, which is amazing. So um, she wrote, of course, Where the Crawdads Sing. We have Karen Slaughter and Debbie. Um, Makeover. Makeover. I'm, I'm so bad. Everyone calls me Harmel, <laughs> Harmel, whatever. It doesn't, <laughs> whoever we are. But yes, that's going to be amazing. We also have Christina McMorris and Ellen Hildebrand yeah. coming in August. Wonderful, so we're adding, wonderful. We're adding more guests as we go. We uh, have a few others that we're about to confirm. So stay tuned. Make sure you're on our Friends and Fiction Facebook page. We'll be posting schedules and updates there. But absolutely join us next week for Kristen Hanna, seven o'clock on the Friends and Fiction Facebook group page. And you'll be able to ask her your questions live, which I think is so cool. So we're going to wrap this up in just a minute, but we don't want to leave you without kind of doing our things we love to share with you. So uh, Patty, do you have a writing tip you'd like to share with us this week? Sure. So I feel like our writing tip was talking about all the, the groups. Yeah, and stuff. actually, we did kind of do that, didn't we? I shouldn't have given you that question. And then also, no, no, no. I, 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 I have plenty of tips. Who knows if the tips work? <laughs> so the last time we did this, my tip was about knowing what your character wanted and really knowing what your character wanted and why they wanted it. So I thought it might be fun to give one of the little cheats I use to find out what your character really wants. And that cheat is called the Enneagram. Do y'all know the Enneagram? <gasps> Nobody. I've never done that. That's Do you know what the Enneagram is? Great. So if you know what the Enneagram is, you probably know your number, right? So the Enneagram, if you haven't heard of it, if you have heard of it, you probably know what number you are. But there are nine types, and each type has a want and a fear and a desire, and each type has levels of personality, meaning when things are going well or when you're disintegrating, when you're your best self and when you're not your best self. And it's a complicated tool, and some people spend their whole life studying it, and there are classes you can take, but if you want to use it for your characters and you just want to study the one type that they are, it can really help guide you. It's like a little cheat sheet. So the nine types are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. 
And of course, it's so much more complicated than a single term. And the Enneagram is really ancient. It came from the Desert Fathers and was forever just a, a oral tradition, kind of like Irish storytelling. But you can use it to your advantage. So, for example, if you've decided that your character is a nine, a peacemaker, now you know that your character is driven by a need to be settled and in harmony with the world, that your character's basic fear is loss and separation, that the basic desire is peace of mind, and so much more. I could get into it for hours. I am fascinated by the Enneagram. I am fascinated by its ability to kind of nail what each type's desire and want and fear is. And so that's a little cheat I have. Usually about one third of the way into my book, I'll try to nail down what my character is so that I can look it up. I have a book about the Enneagram that's like mm-hmm. this and look it up and go, oh, you know what? She'd be really scared of that. So let's use it. That's awesome. Patty, could you post the name of that or a link or something on the Friends in Fiction Facebook group? That's awesome. That's what a great tip. I haven't thought about that in a long, long time. Yeah, I'll take it too. That's awesome, Patty. Thank you. Great tip. Um, Mary Alice. really good to know what type you are, just as a writer. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Patty. That was awesome. Um, Mary Alice, would you like to tell us about a debut author you love? Yes, thank you. This one is um, an author I don't know personally, but the book has really caught my attention. It's called How to Bury Your Brother by Lindsay Rogers Cook. And it's one of the dysfunctional Southern families, which I always love to read about. And in this one, it's a sister who explores the dark, her brother dies, and in the process of going through things and letters and the dark secrets, more memories too, that you, um, it's a family exploring their past and, and learning how to live in the present. And I think Patty knows this book pretty well because she gave a blurb to Lindsay. So yeah, I talked about it briefly in one of our other episodes. So Lindsay is the daughter of my college roommate and my little daughter and my daughter's best friend. So, yeah. I just wanted to bring it up because for me, it was a, it was fresh. Yeah. I'm well, you know what, Mary Alice, we might've talked about it the week that you were we at your aquarium event, but yeah, that, okay. yeah. Um, it's a great, I mean, I just love the topic and I love the subject and yeah. I saw that you blurbed it after I'd chosen it and I went, oh, this is perfect. I'm so glad you double dipped on that. That's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I've been hearing such good things. Some of our members have actually been posting about yeah. it too on the Friends and Fiction. I'm so excited page. for her. Yes, yeah, she works awesome. for the um, New York Times. And one of the projects she worked on won a Pulitzer recently. That's awesome. Wow. Impressive. All right. Mary Kay and Christy, we are we are running so late tonight. But do you do you two quickly want to mention, um, I know Mary Kay, we had talked about a book you've been loving lately. Did you want to tell us about a book you've been reading lately that oh, you've been I just, liking? I just got it and just started reading it. It's our friend Emily Giffen's The Lies That Blind. And it's got a great premise about a a uh, young woman in New York, she starts dating a guy and they very quickly connect. And then 9-11 happens and he disappears. She sees his post. She sees posters about where you have you seen him. So it's a, it's a great premise. I've just oh, heard of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And, and she's such a good writer. I mean, I just always enjoy her stories just flow so well. And yeah, they're always enjoyable. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's called The Lies of Blind, and it's Emily Gibbon, and it, and it comes out next 
next I was going to say, yeah, it's co just coming out. So yeah. that's good. Oh, it's coming Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Thanks for mentioning that, Mary Kay. And Christy, did you have any books you want to mention? Or? Yeah, um, Happy and You Know It by Laura Hankin. It came out like just a couple weeks ago. It's a fairly new release. And I got to, I um, wrote a blurb for it and it was, it came out, I mean, I read it a couple of months ago, but I love this book. I'm so excited about it. And it's about this Park Avenue play group and the, like the moms that are part of this Park Avenue play group. And then um, the sort of struggling musician that's sort of at a low point in her life who basically like takes on a gig as being their like playgroup musician for the children. And it's just, it's one of those books that is yeah, so good. funny and satirical, but it's also dark and there's like some truth in it too. So I just flew through this book um, and I loved it. It was awesome. a month pick. It was a really great book. My book club's reading it this month. So oh, that sounds so good. Well, tonight has been full of awesome recommendations and tips and all sorts of awesome success for our two New York Times bestsellers tonight, which is fantastic. Um, so again, we wanted to remind you to join our Friends in Fiction Facebook group um, and be there next Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern for Kristen Hanna. We want to remind you that Book People is our bookseller of the week. You can get 10% off our new and upcoming releases with the coupon code Friends in Fiction. And we also have, of course, a $25 gift card to give away to one person who uses that gift card or that uh, gift code between now and Saturday, we'll draw a winner for that. And we also have a $25 gift card to give away tonight to somebody who has joined us or is RSVP'd or is one of our members. And it actually is one of our members. It is Mary Barker. She's the winner of our first $25 gift card to book people. So Mary, um, I just actually friend requested you on Facebook the other day. I know you, um, you accepted and I will uh, send you that gift code. So that is your $25 gift code. So yeah, I think that's it tonight. This was a good, a good night. We have an awesome summer ahead. It is starting off just wonderfully next week with Kristen Hanna. We're so excited. And can and I just interject? I just want to let everyone know we're called friends in fiction because these authors, these fabulous, unbelievable lineup is going to be especially great. Not only because they're great authors, but we're friends. Yeah. So it's going to make all the better. So do join us. And you know, it's, it's like a, we say it's like a book tour in your living room, but it's also like joining us for happy hour. So pull up a chair, pour yourself your favorite beverage and, you know, come be our friend too. Come be our friend and enjoy our fiction. <laughs> it's to all of you. Exactly. So cheers, everyone. Remember, cheers, support, everybody. Your local, support your local booksellers and join us at Friends in Fiction. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Have a great Bye. night. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com, as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.